The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, Join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome back and Happy New Year. I hope you all had a wonderful New Year and great memories of it. I've got Andrew Stevens, my co-host with me. Say hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Connie, for having me on the show today. I am so happy to be here in the studio. Lots happened. I know I hopefully had, uh, you all had a great new year. I did. It was exhausting. I went up to Colorado where my husband and I have a little place up there. And we had a full house for New Year's. We had uh, his daughter, Melissa, and her fiance, Steve. We had his best friend, Reiner, <clears throat> who truly is his one of his oldest, dearest friends. And Reiner Zim, who is my husband John's best friend, also satisfies the criteria of best friend because he's the one who will help you hide the body in case John ever decides to kill anybody. Reiner is the first guy to go get the hammer and the truck and to hide the body. So Reiner was there with his girlfriend, Kathy. Uh, we had John's dear sister, Janet, who is a therapist, and her husband, Sandy. And they were very healing and very soothing and just great energy to have around. Uh, we attended uh, church on Sunday before New Year's, and you really know when you're hardcore spiritual or true churchgoer, because that's the time where you hardly see anybody at church. But we love going to Aspen Chapel, and our minister there is uh, Dr. Greg Anderson, who married us about two and a half years ago. So hello to Dr. Greg Anderson and his fiancée, Carolyn. I hope you're doing well. It was great seeing you at New Year's. I want to also say hello to Penny and Ed Rady in Scottsdale who are listening in. I hope you're doing well and looking forward to your holidays in Mexico. Also to Richard and Lisa Rossi in Washington, D.C. I love their Christmas card this year. I laughed out loud. Their Christmas card is really a postcard. It had a picture of Richard and his wife, Lisa, and their two children. And in the picture, each of them is holding an iPhone, and they're texting. And it's a typical picture you see anywhere in America. You go to a restaurant, and everybody's texting. They're not talking to each other. They're texting. Uh, a shout-out to Mary Ann and Jay Shea in Connecticut, dear old friends of mine. I miss them dearly. I hope they're doing well. Uh, my husband, John Weber, who's working late at night in Indiana. My hugs and kisses to you, dear. My stepson, Mark, is way across the seas in Singapore doing a two-week rotation, and I hope he's having an absolute blast. For my former patients, I just want to mention Hillary Rodham Clinton, who just got discharged from the hospital to home after they found a blood clot behind her eye after she hit her head pretty hard when she got dehydrated. So God bless you, Hillary. Get some rest, my dear. And to former President George Herbert Walker Bush, they downgraded him from intensive care and they put him in back in the hospital and on the ward. So I hope, dear President George Bush, you're, you're getting better and stronger and you get to go home very soon. As I spent my New Year's up in Aspen, Colorado, 
I really felt sort of out of place. Here I was, Filipino-American, walking around, mostly Nordic-looking people. One of the fun things I share is Christmas Eve, I brought my two children, uh, Andrew and Jason, and uh, Andrew's girlfriend, Erin, to the Little Nell in Aspen. And everybody talks about, oh, you've got to go to the Little Nell. That's where all the beautiful people are. And so we decided to have lunch at the Little Nell, and lo and behold, at the table beside us was Goldie Hawn. And I've always been fascinated by celebrity because what makes her different, right? What, you know, gosh, she's Goldie Hawn. She's been on – she was uh, on TV a long time ago with – I can't remember that crazy show from the 1970s, uh, the, you know, uh, Laugh-In. That was Laugh-In, so I'm dating myself. She was on Laugh-In. She was on Private Benjamin. She's married to Kurt Russell, who is a neighbor of some patients of mine there. And here she was. She's wearing sort of a cut-off, very relaxed clothing, no makeup, and she was chatting with two other ladies. But still there's this fascination with celebrities. What was she eating? What was she doing? So after uh, I had lunch with my kids about a table away, I quickly told some friends, I had lunch at the Little Nell with Goldie Hawn. Well, it was true, right? We weren't necessarily at the same table, but we had lunch. But a lot of us are so fascinating celebrity. And I bet you Goldie saw me and said, my God, that's Connie Mariano. That's Dr. Connie. Do you know that's her? So I always get fascinated by celebrity. Speaking of celebrities, I want to say hello, an honorable mention to Dr. William Lee, L-I. Bill Lee, Will Lee, he is the head of the Angiogenesis Foundation in Cambridge, Massachusetts. He's one of those brilliant doctors, researchers I've had the pleasure of meeting. I met, I met Will about a year and a half ago because I accompanied one of my patients who had a rare form of liver cancer. I accompanied that patient to Cambridge, Massachusetts in hopes of finding an answer to this patient's cancer. Fortunately, this patient's cancer has been redefined, restaged, and he's waiting for liver transplant in the year ahead. Patient just turned 60, so we're hoping he's got many good years ahead. The reason I mention Dr. Will Lee, uh, Dr. Will Lee is Asian American. I think he's Chinese background. Graduated from Harvard as his brother, who's a dermatologist, and he uh, is involved in much research about angiogenesis. And what angiogenesis is, is the growth and the genesis, or really the growth of blood vessels. And what tumors are, are blood vessels and cells that grow out of control. And I hope to bring Dr. Leon as a future guest to talk about what cancer is all about, but in terms of what it does to you, the individual, and what is it about cancer that you need to know about to prevent getting it. Because right now what we're seeing is a rise in cancer that's detected. The number one cause in the next five years of death in our country will be cancer, not heart disease. Albeit in women, the number one cause of death in women is heart disease, but overall we're seeing a rise in deaths from cancer because people are living longer and we're detecting cancer easier. But what is it about cancer that we need to change in terms of what we drink, what we eat, what people smoke, what we do for lifestyle? And I really think Will Lee would be able to give us guidance as what to do. So I'm waiting for Will to give me a call so we can line up that interview. As I was looking over the New York Times today, I'm always astounded. Things that I tell my patients, okay, it's good to keep your weight down, keep, you know, lose weight, stay healthy, obviously one of the popular resolutions. Well, the latest study says that there is a lower mortality risk for people deemed to be overweight. In other words, 
Don't be underweight because if you are under your your uh, agreed upon ideal weight, you have a higher risk of dying. Let's say you're 10 pounds underweight, you're, you're slender, you're scrawny, and then you get sick, you get admitted to the ICU, you really don't have a lot of reserve left in case you drop a lot of weight and you get sicker. So, And this came about because there was a study with nearly 3 million people and they looked at their body mass index that measures your height and weight and ranks you. And those that were ranked overweight had less of a risk of dying than people who had normal weight. And the lowest obesity level, meaning a a body mass index of 30 to 34.9, were not more likely to die than normal weight people. So, again, you know, keep your weight down. Don't be underweight because you need some of that in reserves. But be very cautious about your weight. And it's about intake. It's all about the simplicity is what you take in, what you burn out. Lots of ways around it. My dear friend, Dr. Julian A., who's an expert in eating disorders, she likes to talk about people focusing on eating when they're hungry because a lot of us override it. We're emotional eaters. We eat when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Focus upon when you are really hungry. That's time to eat. Eat slowly and then eat to the point as you eat slowly where your body senses you're satiated, you're satisfied. Now, what about exercise? Lots of things on exercise. It's everyone's getting their new treadmills and getting ready to exercise. That's one of my resolutions to exercise more other than the jet, uh, running down the jetway and the overhead bag lift. I plan to exercise more this year. The uh, latest on exercise-related science tells us that the right types and amount of exercise will almost certainly lengthen your life, strengthen your brain, affect your waistline, and even clear debris from inside your cells. But too much exercise, other than 2012 science, uh, 2012 science studies suggest, might also have undesirable effects on your hearts while popping painkillers, wearing stilettos, and sitting and reading this column likewise also have their costs. So we look at all the lessons of exercise and do it in moderation. One of the things they found out was the sweet sport for health benefits seems to come from jogging or moderately working out for only a brief period a few times a week. A uh, study from 2012 of 52,000 American adults found that those who ran 1 to 20 miles per week at an average pace of 10 to 11 miles a minute, which is sort of my speed, lived longer on average than those who just sat all day. So your chair can be killing you. If you sit all day, you've, you cut off about one to two years of your lifespan. So get up, move, 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 move. If you don't want to jog, just walk walk five miles a day. One of the gifts I gave my husband this Christmas is a Fitbit that you can buy uh, through Amazon, and it measures how many steps you, you walk. And if you can aim for f- at least five miles a day, that would be great. In addition to that, try to block up twice a week where you do lo- uh, light weights and aerobic training. That Anything like that will definitely help you. So I'm wrapping up that part of it. Uh, if you want to reach us on Dr. Connie, remember we're online. You can email me at drconnieradio at gmail.com. If you missed some of our previous episodes, go online, as you have here, and click on to previous episodes because a lot of my fans are finding out, wow, I like the first and second episodes. I like the one with Dr. Julie. I like the one on kindness. I like the one on alcoholism, which we've reached out to several people on the show we did last week before New Year's on alcohol abuse, I've had at least one patient talk to me about that who heard Dr. Jerry Law and is going to go to Dr. Jerry Law to do an intervention for their family. 
So lots of good things. If you can't make the live broadcast like many of our friends can't, please click on later, an hour, or a day later, and you'll be able to reach it. But what I'm going to do now before we pause for the break is we're going to introduce in the next uh, uh, the next few minutes after the break uh, a, dear, a very good friend of mine, Maureen Francisco from Seattle, who wrote a book entitled It Takes Moxie. And this book talks about how to make it in America, and it comes from an amazing woman who beat all odds, was never a victim, and in a lot of ways her life story parallels mine, although I'm a little older than she. So please stay tuned because Maureen Francisco and I, the White House doctor, will share with you our secrets for success in America. Stay tuned to the Dr. Connie Radio House Calls. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, coming soon. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to House Calls with Dr. Connie, Andrew Stevens, and my upcoming guest, Maureen Francisco. I want to share with you, I am Asian American, I'm Filipino American, 
Although when people ask me what am I, number one thing is I say is I'm American. I was blessed with Filipino roots, or as my sister says, bamboo shoots, but I was raised with certain roots, and we're all raised with roots elsewhere. You know, unless you're Native American, we all come from somewhere. But overall, I'm an American. And I look back in my life, and at what point did I really say I'm American? It's when I lost my cousin Jude uh, during the Gulf War. He was killed in Qatar. He was active duty. Uh, and he came home in a coffin with the American flag draped over him. And we buried him in Alameda. And I wore my uniform. That was the last time I wore my service dress blue uniform as an admiral. And my uncle, my father's brother, was there. It was a military funeral. And when you bury someone in your family who bore the American flag on his casket, you have to say, I'm an American. My family has died for this country. And I'm so blessed to be an American in this country. But also, I'm blessed to have Asian American roots, especially in this day and age. I look around us, and you look at the demographics about Asian Americans, and when you say Asian Americans, that's a good stereotype. It's a great stereotype. Asian Americans now have the highest income. They're the best educated and the fastest growing racial group in America. They're also more satisfied than the general public with their lives and their finances. They place more value than other Americans do on marriage, parenthood, hard work, and career success. And this was on a recent study by the Pew Research Group. Now, you think back a century ago, a century ago, folks, most Asian Americans were low-skilled, low-wage laborers working in ethnic enclaves. You know, you think of laundries, Chinese laundries, household. Uh, My father himself worked as a houseboy in the home of admirals. Uh, they, they were targets of official discrimination. Uh, you could not marry white people. See, I've uh, remarried, married uh, twice in my life, Caucasian men. That would have been forbidden a century ago. You don't marry outside your race. Uh, but today, when you look at Asian Americans, uh, uh, most of all these racial groups, they live in mixed neighborhoods and they marry across racial lines. Uh, a lot of the pictures show uh, la- a few months ago, uh, newly minted medical school graduate Priscilla Chan. She married Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, and she joined the 37% of all recent Asian American brides who wed a non-Asian groom. So there are many things about being an Asian that are plus. If you're looking for somebody to date, an Asian American is a good place to look. For Asian American guys, you know, for the gals looking for a good husband, Asian American men are good looking. They have money, they have security, they have family, they believe in family. Uh, and for Caucasian men or other races looking for a, for a bride, Asian American women mostly are educated. They're determined uh, to be uh, successful in their lives. And it's the success in their lives that brings me to our guest speaker, Maureen Francisco. I'm telling you a little bit briefly about Maureen Francisco. If you look online at her picture, she's beautiful, my guys. Guys, she's gorgeous. She's also married, so I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Maureen Francisco, I met about three years ago. Uh, I received an award, a Tagumpai Award, in Seattle from the Filipino community, and Maureen was there as part of the media network, and I met her right away, and she was sweet, kind, sincere, and the more I knew her and what she did, it was just automatic, wow, you've done all this in your life. She is one of the most humble people I have ever met. But let me share you a little background about Maureen Francisco. 
Maureen came to the United States from the Philippines when she was just five years old. She didn't speak any English, and she was teased nonstop at school. But she never played the victim card. And God bless you for that. She did not play the victim. And I think that's a strong suit of Maureen's success. She never believed she was a victim. Instead, she turned her experiences around, became very motivated, and went beyond any limitations. She learned English. She speaks it fluently and beautifully, even though she understands her native language. But she's ambitious. She worked three jobs simultaneously trying to get to college and then still managing to graduate the top of her class. She went into the broadcast television world and has been on numerous shows, reality shows. And she wrote a book entitled It Takes Moxie, Off the Boat or Out of School to Make It in Your Way in America. It comes out this month. It's on Amazon. She'll tell you more about that. I am so honored and blessed to have you, Maureen Francisco. Say hello, Maureen. Hi, Dr. Mariano and Andrew. I want to say that was the best introduction I have ever heard, so thank you. Well, you deserve it. You you know, people are always amazed. They look at you. You, you look just like one of those hot babes who looks like a, you could be a model. But, you know, a lot of people don't know the pain and the difficulty you started off in life. Can you share with us how your yes, life began? Yes, I actually um, I remember it very vividly. My family came here when I was five years old. And I knew right away that my background was a lot different than the people who are born in this country. When I was living in the Philippines, I didn't know how humbled we lived until I came to this country, and I just saw so much wealth. And when I say wealth, it's not just materialistic, but the opportunities. And this was at the age of five years old. So I knew that I did not want history to repeat itself. I wanted something more for myself, and I faced discrimination right away. It was really tough for me to express myself with the English-speaking students, so I was often teased because when you can't express or communicate, sometimes children don't know how to react, so what do they do? They tease. So all of those things made me want to work really hard, and I remember my parents receiving a letter stating, your daughter can no longer go to this school because she's falling so far behind in school. She needs to go to a school where it focuses on English as a second language school. And my mom is really heartbroken thinking, oh, no, what have I done? I came to this country to give her more opportunities, and now she's really struggling in school. And I just uh, remember how I just wanted to do better. And I would come home, I would watch the news, and I would practice how to speak English the way the TV reporters and anchors did because I just did not want that feeling of not being good enough. And it's kind of similar to your book, how when you talk about in your book, you just felt like you weren't good enough and you always wanted to do more. That was the big motivator. You and I have seen that we are so different from everybody else, and I think there's a longing in all of us to fit in. But in order to fit in, it's really tough when you look different, your voice is different, your family's different. So you cannot just be enough. You have to be better than enough. Someone once told me, well, you don't have an accent. I said, well, you changed my environment. You put me in Little Rock, and I will twang for you. You put me in an environment, and I will fit in, and I will mimic you. But I listened closely, and you and I both learned how to speak from television, did we not? Yes, and that's the best education system when it comes to 
being able to really enunciate and speak well. And I would watch the news and I thought, wow, these anchors are so articulate on television. And it's so ironic how I actually did pursue a career in television news for five years, lived all over the country, and here I was coming to this country and I could barely express myself. What made you write the book, Maureen? um, What motivated me to write the book? What motivated you? I just... Well, actually, I was having a conversation with one of my friends who told me the economy is not doing well. There's not that many opportunities in this country. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, let me tell you a story about my grandmother who came to this country in her 50s. And she earned a job as soon as she got her work permit where she worked at a laundry department of a hotel. Now, granted, it wasn't paying her a lot of money, and it's not a prestigious job, but I remember her being so thankful for the opportunity. She was able to provide for her nine children and her 40 grandkids. And thanks to this country, she retired well, and she lives right now in the Philippines, and she comes back to this country. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is a woman who was not college-educated. She did not know how to speak English well, and here she is in her 50s, willing to work. So I told my friends, there are opportunities out there, but you just have to look for them. And you don't necessarily have to take a job where it's not high profiled. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to be willing to work hard. And that's what my grandmother did. She had no choice. She either had a choice of not working or take this job and provide for her family. She was accountable. What you present is what I see in many immigrants who come over. Get a job no matter what. It isn't where you're waiting for the CEO position or you're waiting for management. You want a job. You want to feed your family. You're not going on welfare. You're going to feed your family, do the best of your ability. A lot of times I'll see Filipino nurses come over, or actually Filipino physicians come over and take a nursing job just to get started. I was so impressed when I went to visit you a couple of months ago in Seattle. I met a nurse there, and three families lived in her house, and every single one of those family members was employed. They had five cars in the parking lot. They all had a job. Everybody had a job, at least one or two, three jobs, because it was shameful on the family to have to take money from the government, and we don't do that. And not only do we earn money on our own, we send money back to the Philippines. My father was in the Navy, and every paycheck he got after he gave money to my mom, they sent a paycheck home to their relatives in the Philippines to put people through school. And I think that's one of the most admirable things. We take care of our family. We don't ask for a handout from the government. It's almost embarrassing to say, you're on, you're not on welfare. We are working. Even if it's being a gardener, a housekeeper, you're never, it's never beneath you. A job is an honor in itself, especially in the United States. And having lived in poverty, both you and I, any job, would work because you're 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 making a living. You're not relying on other people to give you a handout because we have a source of pride as well. So let's hold that thought. I'm going to come back in a few minutes. I want to explore more about your career and primarily what advice you would give for people, anybody, immigrants, people who've been here for years, how to be a success in the United States of America. So stay tuned to the Dr. Connie House Calls with Maureen Francisco. on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Green Living Channel. You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to House Calls. I've got Maureen Francisco, the author of a new book that's coming out this month, everybody. So go get your copy. It's entitled, It Takes Moxie Off the Boat or Out of School to Make Your Way in America by Maureen Francisco. How do we get a copy, Maureen? It's really simple. You can just go to Amazon.com and purchase a book, or you can even go to my website, which is MaureenFrancisco.com, and there are links to purchase the book. Well, I'm getting a, more, a lot of copies because I, I meet a lot of people every day who say, how do I make it in America? And having read and enjoyed your book, I think not only does it help people who are brand new to this country, but I think it can also start a fire under people who are here now who are trying to think, how do I make a career change? How do I move and do things in my life that are different? Because I think you have some basic rules and you have examples of people who've succeeded. But you've had an amazing, varied career. When you look back at your life of all the things you've done, tell us all the things you've done in your career so up to this point. 
So I was a television reporter for five years, worked all over the country from Yakima to Savannah, Georgia, Flint, Michigan. Have you been to Flint? Yes, with the president. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. it's not the most beautiful place in, in this country. You're only Filipino then, there, right? Exactly. <laughs> and there were so many burned down buildings, potholes on the road, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're in this country and this mm-hmm. is what Flint looks like. And then I also um, was a reporter in Seattle. Then I did a stint doing reality shows. I got the reality show bug, Dr. Mariano. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun where you get to do these crazy challenges. I remember one of them being on Solitary 3.0 where I lived in a pod, no human contact, very little food, very little water, and no sleep. And the object of the game was to outlast the other contestants. And you couldn't tell who quit first because you each lived in his or her own pod. And that was a lot of fun because I'm someone who needs to be connected all the time, whether it's the Internet or on the phone or cell phone like yourself. Right. So it was nice to uh, pause away from the world. And uh, right now what I do is I work at a company called RealSelf.com where I educate doctors about their reputation online. What people don't know is before you meet somebody, whether it's a doctor or even if you're going on a first date or a job interview, people often will Google and do their background check and see, you know, I wonder what this person is like or this company is like. So I educate doctors about having a solid reputation online. But of all of those, my favorite job would definitely be reporting. And it was when I was a medical live reporter in Flint, Michigan, and I would give viewers step-by-step of what was happening in the OR. And one of those was getting LASIK eye surgery live on the air. (laughs) And I was, as I was getting the cornea cut um, in my eye to get the LASIK positioned properly so I could see better, I just loved that experience (laughs) because here I am... um, getting this procedure done, and here I was able to share it with the viewers. So that was a lot of fun. That's a big help. In your book, you talk about there are aspects of American culture that all immigrants need to learn about. What are those aspects about? Um, Immigrants need to learn that it's really critical on how to speak English and learn how to speak English well. And I know we're becoming more of a melting pot um, in this country, but... Whether you're new to this country or you've lived here for a long time, it is so imperative to know how to speak English well because that is your gateway to get to your next job or the next promotion is being able to express yourself well. Well, how, you know, when you've got a worker coming into this country, how do they keep from getting pigeonholed in a job? So if, here's a good example, a lot of people who come off the boat might not have a lot of work experience. So I recommend um, joining organizations. Like, for example, I'm part of Ascend, which is a nonprofit organization that nurtures today's Pan-Asian American leaders as well as tomorrow. And there are workshops that actually give people the skills to uh, network with people or to look for other jobs. So the most critical factor is really surround yourself with successful people. So if you're new to this country you hardly know anybody, I would research organizations or support group that will cater towards immigrants because you need that supportive environment. 
I know when my mom came here, I remember I was five years old, the first thing she did was find a group of other immigrants who really wanted to do well in this country and have that support group and, and share ideas, talk about jobs, what he or she was doing, any leads on other jobs. So, again, having that support group. Absolutely. It can link you to ideas of where to go. What about somebody who is in a job that's going nowhere? How would you recommend they get a job change? So if they're looking for a job change within the company, I would actually uh, talk to his or her boss, have a serious one-on-one talk, and say, hey, if there is a promotion in place, would you consider me having that promotion? And I know it's a very tough discussion sometimes with people having that with their superiors, Mm -hmm. but it gives you an honest assessment, really how he or she may view you, your boss, how he or she may view you. And if your boss will not go to bat for you, this is a time for you to really look at yourself and reevaluate your skill set. Now, if there's a different job in another department that you would like, it's really important to know people within other departments. Um, How do you know people? Well, go out to lunch. Go to company events. You don't want to be that person who clocks in at 8, leaves at 5, and does nothing else. Mm -hmm. You really have to sell yourself. And how do you sell yourself? Well, you make sure you exceed at your current position so that way you stand out. If there is another job that you want outside of a different department, maybe you can have a one-on-one conversation with that superior or a colleague and say, hey, what did you do to get that job? Interview that person. And I'm going to share with you a good example. Um, Teddy Z, you Mm -hmm. met him. Oh, yes, the producer. Yep, the producer of The Pursuit of Happiness. Both of you won an award through the Asian, um, through the Robert Chin Foundation. Uh, You were recognized for being outstanding Asian Americans in this country. Now, Teddy was born to immigrant parents who came this to this country, oh, a long time ago. They lived in um, New York, and he told me that growing up as a child, he would watch television, and TV was his um, way to escape because he didn't like his current surroundings. He was in a, a very humbled environment. His family was poor, and he associated um, being Asian as being poor, and that's something he wasn't proud of. So when he, um, you know, throughout his childhood, he would, um, again, watch movies to escape. And there came a time, because of all of this, watching these movies, he started to love the business side and the creative side. So while in college, he met with an executive, um, an executive at Hollywood and said, what do I need to do to get your position? And that executive gave him step-by-step process of what to do said, hey, you might want to graduate with a business degree, go to an Ivy League school, do well there, and once you've done that, come back to me. And most people would take that advice and not run with it and just say, okay, thanks, and and do nothing with it. Teddy actually followed it to the Z. Yeah, he did. And and went back to that executive and said, hey, I did it. And is there a position open for me? And they actually created a position for him. That's amazing. He does, and he's mentioned in your book, Maureen, which is a great story with producer Teddy Z. One of the stereotypes that holds Asian Americans back is that they're timid, they're soft-spoken. You know, when you think of Americans, we sort of pound our chests and we're forthright and we're assertive. 
and the parts of the the culture, you don't look directly at people's pace. You, you know, you, you've put their, your head down. You don't boast about it. Where you know, but there's got to be a point where you learn not to boast, but to be confident and competent and to share it. You know, you're telling your boss, "This is the best job. I want this job." You know, there's nothing wrong with being that of sharing your pride and sharing your competence. And I know for me, growing up, it was, "Oh, you can't brag. You can't boast. You have to have somebody else brag for you." But if it's the job you want, you have to go and market yourself. And I think that's something that Asian Americans brand new need to learn how to do. And I think you'd mentioned support groups where you have people who will walk you through it, go through a script on how to ask for that job, uh, power yourself up for that. The other thing is education. We're one of the most educated minority groups in this country. Education, we grow up with that, knowing you must go to school, you must do well, you must get a degree. So really enforcing, get the education, get every opportunity open. One of the things, Maureen, I've shared with you before struck me about being blessed to come here. Uh, in the 1990s, when I went to the Philippines for the first time with President Clinton, we drove through the streets of Manila in an armored limo. I sat in the back seat of the spare limo, which is in front of Bill Clinton's limo. And through the bulletproof glass, I can see the little children in Manila. And as you know, there's a lot of poverty there. You escape from it. I escape from it. And as the motorcade would move very slowly through because they didn't want to run over anybody, these little children would come and touch the glass of the limousine, and I would touch their fingers through the glass. And what struck me is, by the grace of God, here I go. I could have been born on the other side of this glass. That could have been me, but not. I am here in the in the presidential spare limo. And the same for you. You escape from poverty, and you're here in America. And one of the things I want to explore with you after our break is, now that you and I are in special places in this life, what do you want to give to America, having come to this our new home country, what do you want to give? And also about your love life, because I also like to talk about love, and your love story with your new husband is amazing. So stand by, everybody, for the Dr. Connie house calls. I'm going to house call here with author Maureen Francisco, author of It Takes Moxie. She's going to share with me in the next uh, segment after this break about what she's going to give to this country and also a little bit about her home life, an amazing story with that. So stay tuned. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. 
Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated. Hear about success stories and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to House Calls and my wonderful guest, Maureen Francisco, author of It Takes Moxie, How to Make It in America. So boil it down for me, Maureen. If somebody came in and said, all right, give me one, one statement, how do I make it in America? What do you tell them? I tell them, be willing to work hard and be grateful for every opportunity. I remember reading your book, and one of the things that you talked about is whatever you do, just make sure you're excellent because you're opening the doors for other people behind you. Mm -hmm. So I would also give that advice is just work hard and be grateful. Too many times we're ungrateful for every opportunity given to us. Mm I'm grateful when I wake up because I get to drive to work and I have a job. I'm grateful when I sit in traffic because that means I'm on my way to see my husband. So you just have to learn to be grateful. Well, one of the things I, that's always impressed me about you is your positive, your upbeat. When I hire people to work with me, one of the things I look for is a positive attitude. There is no whining. You're positive, friendly. You laugh. You're upbeat. It makes you a great worker, but it also makes you a great partner in life. Can you share? We've got a few minutes left in the show, but one of the stories that I share with people is I do dabble in astrologers, psychics, and mediums, and my husband taunts me, makes fun of me. He says, you're a woman of science. What are you doing with that? I said, you know, sometimes in my journey, I look for other avenues of information about this in the world. For example, if I have a patient whose spouse has died, who's suffering through severe bereavement, I may call upon myself to say, would you be willing to see a medium who connects with the dead? And if they decide to do it, I don't force them, and they connect with the dead, and they're able to connect with their late spouse, it brings them tremendous peace. So what harm is done? And there were times in my life where I was searching for an answer, and I've used the services of a psychic and a medium who have all predicted the things that have happened in my life. So can you share with us a little bit about your story with astrology? 
So I do want to tell you, my husband also teases me about astrology, okay? <laughs> he says, oh, don't listen to that. Remember, the number one person is you look up is God. And I always tell him, yes, absolutely. But like yourself, I did dabble in it. And I remember picking you up from the airport, and you were asking me, so Maureen, how's your love life? And I told you, really not much. And you said, Maureen, I want you to go meet my astrologer who lives in Arizona, and let me tell you, just go meet with her and just do a reading and see what happens. And Dr. Mariana, I was totally not a believer. I remember sitting down um, at uh, her office thinking, okay, she's just going to tell me things I already know. And I remember filing away the information, not thinking much of it. And then my mother also came with me to this reading because my mom wanted to find out a little bit uncertainty in her life, and she was totally glued in and listening to everything. And I'm thinking, oh, no, my mom is going to be so heartbroken when these things do not come true. 48 hours after we landed in Seattle, things did start coming true for my mom that the astrologer said. And one of the things the astrologer said to my mother, you're going to get a gift, and she did. She got a gift from my grandmother unexpectedly. It was a check to pay off her credit card. So that was a gift that she was not expecting. And at that moment, I started to think, okay, the astrologer did tell me that I'm going to meet somebody in 2012 and I'm going to be married by the end of the year. And the astrologer gave me initials to look for, whether that person works in a particular field or that is the person's initials. And, uh, and nothing happened in January. It was January 2012 when I met with the astrologer. Nothing happened in February. Um, and in March, I meet this gentleman, not thinking of anything. And one of the things the astrologer told me, you're going to meet somebody who's a foreigner. And my husband is an immigrant. He, was, um, he lived in an orphanage in Korea. And, uh, and a Dutch family from Oregon adopted him, and he moved to northern Oregon, where he was the only Asian kid in the county. So right away, we had that immigrant connection. And the more that I talked to him, and again, I'm, I wanted to be very professional with him because I didn't look at him at that moment as my husband, but the more that I got to know him, the light bulb started to go on with what the astrologer told me. Fast forward um, several months later, we got married in November, and uh, he is an immigrant. She told me to look for the initials TD. Um, it doesn't have to be in that order, but just to look for that. Well, my husband works for the Donald Trump Organization, which is with the Miss Universe Organization. He's a producer of pageants in, for Miss Washington USA, Miss Washington Teen USA, as well as Miss Idaho USA and Miss Idaho Teen USA. So again, I was a non-believer, and when all these started to come true, I was just blown away. Uh, you have an amazing story. I've quoted it to people many times. I've been back to see the astrologer, Marianne Dennison, and if anybody's out there interested, just email me at drconnieradio at gmail.com, and I'll send you Marianne's information as well as several of the psychics I've used. One of the future shows I'm going to hope to have on board is a psychic friend of mine who lives in town. And I believe God up there is okay with all that. I believe in God. I believe in the way of God. 
but I also look at other avenues that give me hope, and I don't necessarily follow everything that they predict. I, one time when I had Marianne Dennison reading for me in her office, it was right before the $500 million lottery ticket was picked, was being picked. And I said, well, do you see me winning the lottery? And she's like, no. I said, well, do you see lottery numbers? And she goes, listen, if I saw lottery numbers, you think I'd be doing this? So, but I, I'm just amazed at your story of success, leaving the Philippines, making your way in America. And, and what do you want to give back, Maureen? How I want to give back to this country, because this country has given me a lot, is I volunteer a lot for numerous organizations. One I shared with you earlier, which is Ascend, which is all about helping Pan-Asians to become tomorrow's leaders. I also sit on the board of the International Examiner, which is the oldest nonprofit Pan-Asian newspaper in the country. And again, I share with them my media expertise on how to grow the newspaper. And I mentor a lot of young women. Um, I have got involved with the pageant because of my husband, and I've been mentoring quite a few of them. And, again, I share with them my expertise. The book is another way that I give back to this country and what it's done for me. I it's totally so, agree, yes. It's so rare for uh, an immigrant woman who barely stands at five feet tall to be able to be given opportunities, to meet people, to travel. In other countries, we would not be considered equal. We Absolutely. would be a, a second-class citizen. So it's just wonderful that I'm afforded this opportunity in this country. Well, you are one of my heroes, the fact that you, you don't take no for an answer, you work hard, and you help others. My dream is to touch different lives in different ways. One of the things I used to tell my husband, I know I've done a good job if every person I touch, every organization of which I've been a member, is better because I pass through. And it's also the hope of this show that I connect the audience out there with writers such as you, such as you and examples of good Americans who become successful because I believe success is a good thing in this country. It touches lives, it helps people, it improves lives, civilization moves forward. And if you can help at least one person, you would have done amazing things. So thank you, Maureen, for this great opportunity. I'm going to sign off in a few minutes. Thank you all for listening to House Calls. Go out there and touch a life and make a life better. God bless. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.